Welcome to the Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and this is a show where we go behind the headlines every day to bring you an interview with a pastor, entertainer, politician, or other notable news figure. And this is a show, again, it's daily, but it's based on our weekly TV show, which is also called Newsmakers. You can watch it on the CBN News Channel and also on our YouTube page. And on this show, every day, we dive deep. It's a little more longer form with one of the people who you will often see on our Newsmakers show or across the CBN News platforms. On today's show, we're talking with Zulia Schmidt. She's the wife of Hans Schmidt. He was the man shot in the head November 15th while sharing the gospel on a busy Arizona street. She shares the details of what unfolded and how people can be praying for his recovery. Let's welcome Zulia to the show. Zulia, you have been through quite a bit over the past month, and I appreciate you joining us today. I wanted to Start with the beginning of the story. On November 15th last month, your husband was shot, and this is a story that has been in headlines across the country, across the world. Can you take us through what happened that day? Um, so my husband was street preaching. I mean, he's been doing that for over a year. Um, and usually he street preaches for 30 minutes before every evening service for our church, and I remember that day, like, he just ended street preaching early, and I thought that was odd. I was like, maybe he's just not feeling it tonight or something. <clears throat> and then, yeah, like, I didn't even know what had happened. I just saw him, like, I heard him loading up the sound system back in the car. He gets in the car, drives the car to the church. And at this point, I had seen that, you know, he was bleeding. And I'm like, are you okay? I thought someone maybe just threw a bottle at him. I had no idea what really had happened. He drives our vehicle to the church, unloads the sound system. He's about to get her daughter down. And and I'm like, no, like, you can't. Like, you're all bloody. We need to go home and get you cleaned up. And luckily my brother showed up at that point he's like no we need to get you to the hospital so my brother ends up driving him to the hospital and on the way to the hospital is when he kind of started throwing up and stuff and and as soon as we got there to the emergency room he started um seizing and like even the doctors and the the medical staff didn't even know that he was the that this was a gunshot wound they thought that I mean, none of you knew. Yeah. I mean, that it's so it's so crazy that you were you were with him. He's driving. I mean, you had no idea. You assumed it was an assault. That was the initial. Yeah. But at that point, once you got to the hospital, then they realized that something more was going on. Yeah, they didn't even until they did a CT scan afterwards. Then they realized, oh, there is a bullet in him and stuff. So, yeah, then. That was pretty much it. That was the whole situation. And it's just kind of a waiting game. And they've done. What was your reaction to hearing that, Zulia? What was your, to hearing that there was a bullet? Because that's a very different situation than what you thought had happened. Yeah. Oh, my heart sank. Like, yeah. It's, you know, from, okay, you know, yeah, maybe he needs some stitches too. Oh, gosh. Like, this, this is way worse than I had even, you know, assumed it was. And, yeah. It, yeah, I was, yeah, I just felt sick to my stomach once I realized it was a gunshot wound. And, and I remember, like, even when we got to the urgent care, like, he was, like, non-responsive. So it was, it was, it was hard. 
And you, I mean, you have two young children and here you are in a situation. What were the doctors telling you as far as once they realized what was happening and they're treating him, what what were they saying in terms of his chances and, and what was going to potentially happen in those in those days? That he, that talks you just said, it's devastating, it's devastating. That's, that's the one word I remember from the night. Every doctor, every nurse just said, it's devastating, it's devastating. And I'm just like, like I felt so sick. <laughs> it's like, that's the last thing you want to hear, you know? Like, you start questioning, like, how, like yeah. what was the last thing I told them, you know? Or like, yeah, or why wasn't I paying attention? You start questioning everything. Um, and yeah, and I mean, even, even, I remember like even the neurosurgeons, they said they're like, we're waiting for neurosurgeons to come talk to you and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's devastating. No one wanted to touch it. They were like, yeah, no one's going to touch it. No neurosurgeons. Yeah, it's just not operable. And then even just hearing the detective say like, well, no more after the autopsy. It's like, what? Like, it felt like it was you just- You heard that the detectives- Oh my gosh. Wow. How did you, because you have been, you've posted on social media, you know, you had a message on Thanksgiving that was really inspirational and very powerful. How did you keep the faith? How have you kept the faith in these weeks with having two young children going through all of this chaos? How have you been able to do that, to keep your faith? Honestly, I'm, I'm like shocked, you know, like how, oh, I honestly think it's, people's prayers you know like that's the only way I can explain it because there's been moments where I'm like how am I this okay you know like you even feel guilty for not crying it's like because I've yeah. seen it and it's like it's so you know like in the beginning like just seeing him like connected to everything where it's almost like he doesn't even look like himself it's like yeah you start questioning like yeah you start questioning everything but it's like I know it's people's prayers and I know God has a plan in all of this because there's no other way to explain it. Like, like how, the ugliness that I would see and just the peace that I had. I remember just like when he was in the ICU, like I'm saying, everything's going to be all right. Like, how do you say that when everything does not look all right? <laughs> So, yeah. When you're hearing police officers say, well, no, after the autopsy, I mean, that that instills such a hopelessness in people. And yet there you were being hopeful, asking people for prayers. And I love that you're crediting the prayer for what has happened. I, you know, I don't I want you to share what you're comfortable sharing. But where are we now? We're a little more than a month out from the, this shooting. And he was in ICU with very little hope. Where is he right now? How is he faring right now? Um, so right now he's made a lot of progress, you know, I mean, but in the days of progress, there's still frustration. There's still difficult days. Yes, we're grateful, but it doesn't mean, you know, the days aren't hard, you know, I'm like, just see your loved one in that situation. It's not easy, especially when, you know, he, he was our main, the main provider for our household and he would go to work. And now it's like, you see your person, it's like, a whole reset they have to relearn everything and the brain is such a sensitive thing that we don't know still you know like what's going to happen what tomorrow's gonna look like what a year from now is going to look like i mean we're hopeful and we're praying and we're contending for like a supernatural recovery 
but there's just so much unknown still, so much uncertainty. But it's like every day we've been able to witness a miracle from that first night where they're like, you're going to start seeing blood just come out through like the holes, like his ears and stuff. To it's like, he made it past day one. And now here we are a little over a month. And it's like the progress he has made, it's just amazing. I mean, now he's a little bit, he understands a bit more like the situation. But we still don't know 100% how much he understands because he's unable to communicate at the moment. You know, so. But but he is awake, but he is awake and he is making progress yes, right now. Yes. That's that is incredible. And it's something you're giving us prayer points here because I was going to ask you how to pray. But I think what you're describing, you're telling us what we can be praying for. And anybody listening or watching this, you know, praying for you, praying for your children, praying for for him. And as far as finding the person who did this, um, do I mean, do the police have any leads on on that? Honestly, I don't I don't even think so. I don't know at this point. I, in a way, like, I don't even care. I don't have the energy <laughs> to really worry about yes. that. Yes, I wish that person wasn't on the street. That would bring me some comfort and peace. But at the same time, it's like the harm has already been done. You know, like. Well, and I want to, and I want to thank you for your faith and the way that you have handled yourself and. You know, it's inspiring people and it's speaking to people and it's showing people what faith you were saying before. I can't even believe, you know, that I've been able to be this calm and be this peaceful. And I think that's evidence of faith that people are seeing in you and in your family. And I just appreciate you. I know it's it's crazy right now sharing with us so that people know how to be praying for you and your family. Zulia, really appreciate your time. That's all for today's Newsmakers podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the show and also head over to the CBN News YouTube channel and the CBN News channel to watch Newsmakers every week. We'll see you soon.